Hello and welcome to Filled with His Love. I, I could have done actually three or four episodes on John 3. There's so much in John 3, but I wanted to focus on the encounter with Nicodemus. So I've always been fascinated by this story where Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he's mentioned only by John and only in three brief passages. Before I cite those verses, let me say that many Bible scholars believe that Nicodemus never really believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Many of them. A few scholars hint that he might have been, but after reviewing his story, I side with those who see Nicodemus as one who was truly converted and eventually became a very faithful follower of Jesus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Pharisees obviously did not become disciples of Jesus. They focused on the outward expressions of faith rather than on the heart, the many, many rules that they had to follow. Unlike the Sadducees, they believed in an afterlife. Sadducees did not, but they held strictly to the law of Moses, as did the Sadducees. So Jesus' revolutionary teachings, and they were revolutionary, they did not sit well with them. They were among the most vocal critics, the Pharisees were, of Jesus. So Nicodemus was an anomaly. That's likely why he met Jesus at night, so none of his fellow Pharisees would see him. The beginning verses of John 3 are well known. Nicodemus approaches Jesus and says, Thou art a teacher come from God. Quote, Nicodemus is trying to figure out just how Jesus can do what he does, all these miracles. He says, in essence, I've heard of your miracles, and I've seen them, and no ordinary man could perform such miracles. So I know you must be more than just a preacher. You must have come straight from God. Then Jesus invites Nicodemus to be baptized by water and by the Holy Ghost. He explains that Nicodemus must be born again. This was all very perplexing to Nicodemus. He was taking everything literally, at least that's what it seems like in the scripture. He couldn't quite grasp it, but that was how many of Christ's disciples reacted to Christ's teachings. They simply did not understand them at first. Even those the closest disciples did not understand oftentimes what Jesus was teaching them. So Jesus taught Nicodemus as we should all teach one another. He responded to the questions Nicodemus had, not to the questions that Jesus was asking him. Jesus didn't ask him questions. He responded to Nicodemus's questions so that he could help Nicodemus understand what he wanted to understand, what Nicodemus wanted to learn. Jesus didn't lecture him. He taught him in a conversational way, one question at a time, as we should teach one another. The questions Nicodemus had were deeply personal for him. They were questions of the heart. He was desperate to understand who Jesus really was. So later in John 7, verse 50, Nicodemus appears again, this time to defend Jesus to the naysayers. There are all these people standing around, mentioning how Jesus is nothing more than a man, and most of them are Pharisees, and Nicodemus begins to defend Jesus, and he took a lot of heat from those around him for doing that. Then this is the important part to me. Not only did he become a defender of Jesus in chapter 7, but in verse 19, John refers to Nicodemus again. And there came also, this is a quote, Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night. So we know it's the same Nicodemus, the one that he taught about being born again. 
and brought a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about an hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus, so they, meaning Nicodemus and others, and wound it in linen clothes with the spices and the, in the manner as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Unquote. So, this is a story of how Nicodemus became one of the very few to help dress the Savior for burial. So, I don't believe that he would have done that unless he had come to believe in the divinity of Jesus. At some point, and we're not sure when, he came to know that Jesus was in fact the Messiah, the Son of God. I actually like the portrayal of Nicodemus in The Chosen because uh, it portrays Nicodemus this way also. Nicodemus was different from his fellow Pharisees. He became a believer, and the depiction of some of those scenes, and particularly the eagerness that Nicodemus had to learn more of the Savior, first of all, to learn more of John the Baptist and, and the Savior and all of what was happening at that time uh, is very impressive to me as far as the discipleship of Nicodemus. So then Jesus, as he was talking to Nicodemus in the first uh, part of the chapter when he was asking him to be born again of both water and the Holy Ghost, he began to say the most perhaps oft-quoted verse of all Scripture. I have looked this up, and I, most scholars see this particular verse, John three sixteen and 17, as the most quoted words from the Bible in the world. Quote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Quote. We all know that verse. We've seen that verse and read that verse and heard that verse over and over throughout our lives, as have all Christians. So when Nicodemus said, Thou art a teacher come from God, Jesus finally responded, Yes, in, in a sense he was saying, yes, God sent me here to earth, his only begotten son, so that I could redeem all God's children, including you, Nicodemus. Some have said that John three sixteen and 17 encapsulates the entire gospel message of Jesus Christ. From our point of view, it shows us the nature of God, that God the Father is a separate being from his son, and that his son came to earth to bring salvation to anyone who would believe on his name, and with the verses just pre that just preceded it, be baptized by both water and the Holy Ghost. This is the doctrine of Christ, as stated again very clearly in the Book of Mormon, all in a single verse. These few words bring more hope, more joy to mortal beings than perhaps any other words. When my wife and I were serving as temple president and matron of the Bismarck North Dakota Temple, a member of the 70 came to visit us. It was the summer of 2015. He and his wife sat across the table from us and shared the following story. 
So this is what this member of the 70 said. He said, During April conference, I was sitting behind the podium so I could see the teleprompter quite clearly. So I was following along as President Packer gave his talk. His voice was a bit weak, and I wanted to get every word he was saying, so I kept following along on the teleprompter. At the end of his talk, he left the words on the prompter and began to speak from his heart without any prompting. He looked up, and then he said the following. And this is a quote from President Packer. I am so grateful for the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the power of procreation, for the power of redemption, for the atonement, the atonement which can wash clean every stain, no matter how difficult or how long or how many times repeated. The atonement can put you free again to move forward cleanly and worthily to pursue that path that you have chosen in life. I bear witness that God lives, that Jesus is the Christ, that the atonement is not a general thing that is for the whole church. The atonement is individual. And if you have something that is bothering you, sometimes so long ago you can hardly remember it, put the atonement to work. It will clean it up. And you, as does he, will remember your sins no more. And then he closes in the name of Jesus Christ. This is President Packer in April of 2015. We didn't know at the time that those words would be the last words President Packer ever spoke over the podium. And so that was April 2015, and then he passed away in July, the following July. So after I heard those words from a friend in the 70s, I asked my wife to help me print those words and frame them. I wanted to look at them every day. To me, they exemplify the most profound meaning of the verse in John 3, 16 and 17. This is the exalting principle of the atonement that Jesus was teaching Nicodemus. And it is the same exalting principle that President Packer shared in his final address to the saints. I truly believe, as did President Packer, that the atonement can wash clean every stain and set us free to move forward cleanly and worthily to pursue the path we have chosen in life. How grateful I am for that knowledge for my own life, for the life of my family, and for the lives of all of God's children. I bear witness of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We look forward to seeing you next time.